Purdue's back up to number one following its victory against number one. We'll break all of that down on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters here with Brian Newbert. We'll talk to Brian in a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East Inn Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East Inn Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. Brian, uh, man, Purdue is a good team anyway. It becomes a, a really, really good team, I think, when Fletcher Lawyer decides to be uh, aggressive on the offensive end. And you could tell from early on in the game on Saturday that he wanted to be aggressive. And that just adds another element to the Boilermakers offensively that makes it really, really difficult for opponents to cover all the bases. Yeah. I think he has his best games when Purdue makes an effort to get him involved when they run stuff for him. I mean, he's a guy who you could run 15 plays for a game and who could get you games like this way more often than, than he does. Um, but I think that, you know, Braden Smith and, and Zach Eady and pick and roll has been so effective. And you obviously have to play through Zach Eady as much as possible here uh, that sometimes Fletcher lawyer kind of, you know, moves off to the side a little bit. He's too good a player to be an accessory um, around other guys. I think, it's really beneficial to Purdue when they run stuff to get him opportunities. That said, there's only so many shots to go around. It's not like you're struggling to score. You know, he scored four points against Alabama or something yeah. like that. And what they scored 92 points, 94 points, whatever it was. Um, so it's not like you necessarily need uh, more people scoring, but I think he's, he's, he's too good a player uh, in big time games to not, get involved and I think you know he he doesn't get enough credit for what he does for Purdue when he's not scoring big numbers you know things like that I think he's a little bit better defensively than anybody ever gives him credit for I think he's better against bigger physical uh more athletic teams contrary to popular belief contrary to what logic would tell you when you look at his body because he's so good at going past those guys and and getting in the lane when he just gets in the lane and gets those runners up, if he makes them great, 
if he doesn't make them, you know, they're they're reboundable misses for the one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. He's a good passer. He's a great offensive player. Good intangibles guy. He's a competitor, and he's just um, a guy who's going to have a lot of games like this in his career and has had a few of them now this season and uh, is the reason they beat Tennessee. He's the reason they beat Arizona. I'm not saying that to take any way, anything away from Braden Smith and Zach Eady, who are both brilliant, but I think it goes without saying Fletcher Lawyer was the difference in that game against Arizona. Yeah, to your point, I mean, even the drive on the baseline that he hits off the side of the backboard turns into a good play because Zach Eady grabs yeah. it out of the air and and scores on it. I mean, it just adds an element when he's going to the basket. And what it does also is, look, uh, you know, Purdue's opponents have some choices to make when they're trying to defend Purdue. Um and they're not they're not good choices. <laughs> like you, something has to give somewhere. And Arizona was trying to, you know, sag off passers. I think in the post, it didn't work. Um, but they were trying to. Uh, now worked a little bit better when they did go to the zone uh, briefly uh, until Purdue was able to to figure it out, or until Arizona went back to the man to man. But when you've got multiple guys who are proven scorers, it makes it really, really difficult on the opponents to figure out what choices they're going to make to try to defend. Yeah. When Arizona went to the zone, Purdue still got Zach Eady three really good looks. He just didn't make them. Purdue got two open threes that they didn't make. Um, there were a couple turnovers in there, but I don't know how directly related to Arizona playing zone they were. I, I don't think that was that big a deal, uh, contrary to popular belief. I know that it's it, – it's a convenient storyline. It, it's convenient, polite society press conference talk after the game to, yeah. to suggest that, that Arizona changed the game with its zone. But the first possession they went to zone in the second half, Fletcher Lurie gets a wide open three and makes it. And, um, you know, I, I just don't think it was as big a deal as people think it was. But, uh, yeah, no, Purdue's a really hard team to defend, as you obviously, uh, as is obviously very evident. You, you're coming off back to back 92 point games against two very high-end teams on neutral floors. It's not like you're doing this at home either. Um, I think that, you know, Purdue is shooting the ball a lot better than they did last season. I think that was predictable. I think that was bound to even out. I think Zach Eady has been a better player this year than he was last year. I think Braden Smith is as good as he was last year. I think he's 10 times the player he was last year. That might be slightly overstatement, but I don't care. Uh, I think he's (laughs) playing at an All-America level. And I've been saying that for several weeks. And, um, you know, I, I think people are starting to catch on to what we all saw this summer. Um, you know, things like that. And, you know, Purdue is just a great offensive team. It's They're a great offensive team when they're not turning the ball over. They're a really, really good offensive team when they are turning the ball over. They just need to yeah. not turn the ball over. That's that's as simply as, as it can be put, uh, you know, the reason they lost at Northwestern, there were no, was no other reason beyond the turnovers, you know, you, you know, you know, boo boo, he goes off, but it doesn't matter if Purdue doesn't turn the ball over 17 times for 20 Northwestern points. It's just, it's just that simple. You take care of the basketball and you are going to score a hundred on a lot of people. You're going to score 90 on even more people and you're going to, you're going to run away with the Big Ten problem, and you're going to, you know, potentially do something really, really uh, unprecedented in March, and you know, things like that. That they're just that good offensively, and they've been transformed by Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer as much as anything. 
Um, yeah. You know, the offense, the, the offensive rebounding piece of it too is just really, really significant too. And they've just got such a good offensive infrastructure in place between the, the foul accumulation, the offensive rebounding, the skill, the shooting, the obviously dominant post presence, you know, things like that. The stuff you can go to when you're, your initial stuff doesn't work. I mean, they are so good in ball screen offense right now with Braden Smith and Zach Eady or Fletcher Lawyer and Zach Eady. You can do that with him too and very effectively. And They've just got so many damn options that I don't know what you do if you're somebody trying to guard them. Clearly, uh, Smith and Lawyer uh, heard during the offseason that the, the, the familiar refrain that Purdue's guards are not good enough. Uh, we saw uh, Braden react to one of those posts on Twitter uh, after the game on Saturday in a somewhat humorous way. And, and, you know, the guy that tweeted that out also ate it uh, himself afterward, which was good to see, but uh, they've taken that and, and put a pretty big chip on their shoulder and are working to um, negate that notion that Purdue's guards are not good enough. Well, well, people are stupid. That's the reason that that, that <laughs> whole storyline is out. They're just stupid. I mean, like, okay, Fletcher Lawyer, you know how hard it is to be the second leading scorer as a true freshman on an elite college basketball team? Yeah. That's what he was last year, right? Braden Smith has been playing at an All-America level this year. Did anybody who says this coming into the Arizona game watch anything in Hawaii? Yeah. Did they watch the Alabama game? No, they did not. They They just look at the name on the jersey, Arizona, versus the two, you know, Purdue guards who don't necessarily look the part, you know, part of that is racial. Part of that is just Fletcher lawyer, skinny and Braden Smith short. And yeah. so what, I mean, it's, it's watch the games, you know, don't, don't just, you know, kind of draw your takes from the look test. It, it's yeah. people are stupid. They're, they're just stupid. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't understand the fact that look, Purdue is one of the best teams in college basketball last year, right? Yeah. All year long. They were one of the best teams in college basketball last year. That wasn't possible without Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer being as good as they were right away. Yes, Purdue lost to Fairleigh Dickinson in the NCAA tournament. Yes, Braden Smith, that wasn't his best day. That was one game. Those kids were 18 years old, whatever they were. They're older now. They've got 40 college basketball games under their belt. Things change. The chronological passage of time and the the accumulation of experience matters. And those guys were really good right away. And now they're on the cusp of being great. And people who know college basketball know that's what happens over the course of time. And just because these guys don't look like they don't fill out their uniforms the way Arizona guys do. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. People are just idiots when it comes to this stuff. The big takeaway from today's podcast People, people are stupid. stupid. Yes, <laughs> yeah. people are stupid. People are stupid. Um, so Purdue is is number one again uh, today. And, you know, sometimes we probably make too much of that. Uh, we make too much of the rankings, maybe in, in everything that we do. However, uh, Purdue has now done this a lot <laughs> in the last three years where it sort of has become the team that has risen back to number one again. I mean, it does tell you something about where Purdue is as a program. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive. 
yes, Purdue needs to win in March. That's that's evident. Uh, but it's still something. It's still something to brag about. I think uh, that Purdue keeps finding itself here uh, as the number one team in the country. Yeah, it's it's um, when you look at things, it's you can't separate. Um, and part of this goes back to my point that people are stupid, but <laughs> you know you can't separate. You can't say good things about Purdue in December without obviously having to qualify it with the other part of it. But when you look at Purdue's body of work in non-conference play the last three years, yeah, it's the it is that of an elite program, if not the best program in the country. I mean, they haven't lost a non-conference game in the regular season since they lost to what Clemson in Florida during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that course of time, you've beaten North Carolina, you've beaten Duke, you've beaten Villanova, you've beaten Gonzaga twice. You've beaten everybody. You've beaten Arizona. You've beaten all of the name brand programs in college basketball, with the exception of like Kansas and Kentucky, because you never played them. Um, it's just been an unbelievable run Purdue's been on, and it it's it is the body of as I said, it's the body of work of an elite program. And you know, obviously Purdue, this isn't the destination for Purdue. Uh, obviously, uh, Purdue needs to parlay this early season success and the late season success now, but this team looks better positioned than any that have come before it. When you look at the last two teams that flamed out early in March, if not the last three teams, whatever it's been, um, the Travion Williams, Jaden Ivey team that lost North Texas during the pandemic, that was a weird year. That was also a team that was ahead of schedule. It was also a team that wasn't as mature as it needed to be, didn't defend the way it needed to. Uh, in part because it wasn't all that interested in it. Um, I just think that was an immature team. And I think when you look at last year's team, the guards just were were not veterans yet. That They were not adults, and they were playing against a lot of adults all season long. They, that wasn't Purdue's shot. Now is Purdue's shot um, because you have, you have veterans in your backcourt now. You have Zach Eady, who's better than he was last year, as if that was possible. Uh, and you just have the most complete team Purdue's had uh, ever, probably, uh, in the Matt Painter era at least. And I just think this is the year where they're set up better than ever before, you know, to do what everybody has to see them do to validate them for some reason. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, so I that's kind of – I think, too, but, that Lance but, Jones – I think, too, that Lance Jones has brought something – not just, um, you know, the ability to hit shots and play defense on the court, but uh, he wasn't here last year either. And I think that that in some ways has helped a little bit, Purdue. Look, he was 0 for 6 or whatever he was from the field. He hits a big three-pointer in the in the corner. He had no fear. Uh, th- there wasn't, uh, there wasn't uh, you know, shock there for him. He was ready to go. And I, I think that that's a good thing for Purdue that might help them overcome as this season goes on some of the demons that might crop up. Well, I, I don't want to assume the demons affect them. I think that Purdue has been very public about this. They bring it up themselves. They're not running from the topic. And if they're not running from the topic, that probably doesn't mean they're going to curl up in a ball come March. 
because of the topic. I do think Lance Jones has been a very positive addition. The the energy he plays with, the confidence he plays with, the joy he plays with, I think have been really, really uh, valuable intangibles for Purdue. Uh, I think the confidence he plays with has fit right in. Uh, I think this team is – it starts with Braden Smith, and it starts with Zach Eady. Uh, the confidence they play with, it, it starts with Fletcher Lawyer, too. He's the same way. This is just a really confident team, and that's not what you saw at the end of last year. And whether that's added maturity, whether that's uh, just them having tougher skin now because of what they've been through, I don't know, but this is a very confident team. And uh, I think that certainly bodes well moving forward. I think Lance Jones has been a really big addition for them. I think he's got to get better defending off the ball. Uh, yeah. But his his – just the, the way he carries himself has fit right in. And he's he's really brought a certain uh, something to this team uh, that has been really valuable. A certain looseness, a certain – as I, I, I keep coming back to the word joy. He just plays with a certain joy that I think, you know, is, is something that's probably uh, probably really valuable. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh so is it just as easy as turnovers? Less than turn, less than ten turnovers, Purdue wins. More than that, uh, more than more than fourteen, fifteen, it, it could get hairy in big games. Well, I, that's awful general. I think that you know, obviously, Purdue has to keep shooting the ball the way it shot the ball. Purdue's got to make its free throws uh, better than it has at times this season. Uh, it it's been great at times. It's been not so great at times. But I think that. Um, that's obviously the, the single biggest thing. Uh, I think Purdue's been a little bit better defensively than, you know, people think that the numbers dictated. I think some style of play stuff has come into play in terms of the number of points Purdue's given up. I think some, I think they've caught some guys on some real heaters, uh, too. Um, I think Purdue's been all right defensively, not certainly not where they need to be uh, from a defensive perspective, but I think they've been decent. Um, if you whittle down the turnovers, I think that makes you a better defensive team, uh, too. Uh, I, I don't think Purdue's anywhere near good enough defensively to put themselves in compromising positions by turning the ball over and not feel the brunt of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, broadly, I think that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the thing that is sort of that, that cloud that hangs over you until you, um, probably every game um it's the thing that can always get you beat and it's, it's the thing you have to be con constantly aware of and constantly wary of and make damn certain you're taking good care of the basketball because yeah. um they're just so efficient when they maximize their possessions and they do a great job amassing possessions and when you're forfeiting that advantage and you're helping the other team score and you're making them better that's just there's going to come there's going to come a game where you turn the ball over too much maybe you don't shoot as well and it's just going to uh it's just going to cost you that's what ended their season last year that obviously the bad three point shooting uh that's what cost them northwestern and it's just something that they've got to do the best job possible uh of sidestepping i do think it's noteworthy that purdue won these last two games by scoring 92 points like there would be a lot of times and a lot of seasons for Purdue 
that if you would have said Purdue is beating teams like Alabama and Arizona, teams with length and athleticism and uh, backcourt scoring, that Purdue was able to do that because they they you know they dragged the game down into the mud, right? They won they won sixty nine yeah. to to sixty five. Slowed it down, yeah. Slowed it down. Uh, grind the game to a halt. Limit the possessions. You know, do all that kind of thing. Purdue didn't do that. They they played those two teams and beat them at their game. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't doesn't mean that every game has to be like that, but I think it tells something tells you something about this Purdue team. They went out and won it in that fashion, um, and I think that's it. I think more than anything, maybe over these last two games, that's the most impressive thing to be. They won it by playing those two teams' game, and won it going away at the end. Yeah, this is not your father's Purdue basketball team. No, um, as they used to say, in, was the car commercials. What was that? Uh, Oldsmobile? <laughs> no, that's not right. Anyway. I don't have um, no idea. Uh, yeah, no, Purdue's a great offensive program with a great offensive team. Now, the last couple of non-conference seasons, they've, you know, really rolled over people offensively. And then when it's come time for Big Ten play, you know, and it gets to be a lower possessions game, you know, they've, they've, they've kind of struggled a little bit in situations like that. And pretty, maybe kind of sort of did at Northwestern. Maybe that's out of their system. But I, I, I think Purdue's built to. Uh, I think Purdue's built to be pretty good offensively, no matter what style of play it is. The thing about Alabama and Arizona, look at their defensive metrics coming in. They were great defensive teams coming in too. It's not like you were just outscoring somebody who only wanted to score. It's not like you were scoring 100 points on Iowa, like you did, almost did, or could have done. Um, you were playing really good defensive teams with really, really good defensive personnel, and you scored 92 points both times. Now, the tempo of those games obviously got a little hairy at times, and it didn't matter. Purdue can play fast. Purdue can play slow. Purdue can play however you want to play. And um, that, that doesn't necessarily mean Purdue doesn't need to do its part to dictate the ideal tempo for them. I thought the Arizona game, Got a little fast for them at times. I thought had they closed the first half with a little bit more of a level head, that would have been a 15-point lead at halftime or 16-point lead, whatever. But I think they got a little carried away. And that's something where they have to be good the rest of the year. They're going to be sitting on a lot of leads in the final 10 minutes of games. And they're going to be on a lot of runs where they go 12-0 on somebody. And they have to make sure they don't press too hard to turn 12-0 into 20 to, 20 to nothing or something like that and kind of overdo it sort of. Uh, let the opponent back into it by making some bad decisions. But um, I think that uh, Purdue's built to do a lot of different things offensively. And uh, uh, as long as they're taking care of the basketball and not compromising their defense too badly, I think that you're going to see that the rest of the year. It's not going to matter who they play in the Big Ten. You know, Purdue's going to be able to put up a lot of points on people. Thanks, Brian. Yep, no problem. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, It's about a relationship, a relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life, a relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, 
Please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio.